I believe all of this is leading to one thing, genetic manipulation. Are we there, Kyle? Oh, we've been there. We are so far beyond there making us something other than human. Buckle your seatbelts. We're going to show how the end times are coming very soon. Welcome to Drilling Down. back guys i am going to try not to rabbit trail as much as i did last time <laughs> and actually try to get through some things here but we we definitely ventured into some great stuff in the last episode and so don't listen to this one without listening to four all right uh you know we, we've got this idea that all this stuff was burgeoning through the spiritualistic movement doors were open through psychoactic drugs the veil's been lightning uh, you know, we've had all these seances and all these airships starting to appear. And now we've got a lot of child sacrifice going on in the last hundred years. So uh, I had this idea that we talked about where the greys from there were targeting a lot of these uh, mediums using these seances. Because they, they were through their practices cult practices, through drugs, through what they were doing, were opening themselves more to them and their genetic lines. So, uh, there's a book by, um, talking about abductees, and uh, the book is called The Masquerade of Angels, and the author, Turner, uh, goes ahead and, this is kind of fascinating here, talks about a man named Ted, who was a practicing psychic. And as he would come to discover, he was also an abductee. So, you know, not only my psychic, but boy, I've been being taken for a long time. Maybe my whole family has. And she details this because by the end of Ted's spellbinding journey that was filled with many vivid abduction encounters, he finally realizes that he was not the spiritual light worker <laughs> that he once believed himself to be. But he was merely just a tool in the hands of alien agencies. Ted would quote and say, In my prayers, I have openly confessed to God that I have, I have been molded. I've been shaped through this ordeal. I've been, listen, engineered to be the light worker they wanted me to be. L-I-G-H-T. I have been in preparation for 40 years to do just what I've been doing, which is fascinating and mystifying people, he says, with my remarkable, quote-unquote, psychic abilities. I overpowered people mentally and left them wide open to invite this invading nightmare into their lives. I did it all in the illusion and the deception that I was really and truly helping my fellow man grow spiritually wiser through this so-called gift. Now, <laughs> listen, to some extent, the UFO phenomenon and alien abduction program are one and the same, 
right? We've got these UFOs. We've got these craft, these, these disc shaped things going through the skies, piloted by gray aliens. We've got smaller discs in particular, presumably deployed for reconnaissance that appear to be designed with only their, um, with, with only trying to stay, uh, hidden. That they're just trying to do reconnaissance, right? And, and occasionally those things pop up, maybe like the tic tac or whatever. The larger craft of varying shapes and sizes, Timothy said, are specifically fitted for the abduction program with interiors designed to accommodate humans and hybrids as well as the taller insectolins because the quantity of abductees has been increasingly exponentially over time due to the success of abduction of family lines. We may assume that the production of alien craft is increasing at the same rate to meet the demand. I like how practical Tim thinks because I think he's right. We look at all these things as, uh, you know, this is God's created order and, and anything that is uh, a being that was created, the angels were created, right? Fallen angels, all of them, the Nephilim, one, one way or another, everything was uh, demons. So that turned out to be demons was uh, definitely created. And there is a, you know, no matter what the entity is, if it wants to go from one place to another, it's got to have a way to do it. It's got to have a thing, you know, like. Do the aliens have a hammer to get their job done? Well, they have probably something a little better than that. But yeah, I know. And and it's something that we don't factor in. And again, oh gosh, I'm going to rabbit trail already. I don't know if I talked about this in one of the previous ones. I did. I did. I did. Yeah, I did a little bit. So we obviously see where the where um, Gabriel is coming to Daniel and says, whoa, I got held up for you know three weeks by the Prince of Persia, right? And it seems to be now here. I don't know if I talked about this or not. Oh, well, the, the idea that for right now, Satan has the prince of the power of the air, meaning, you know, there's three heavens. God has shut off his third heaven way up there where his abode is by a seemingly glass wall, a sea, so to speak, S-E-A, that cannot be penetrated. And Satan in the Bible has says been given dominion over the second heaven, which is all the stars. And we have a lot we can talk about with that. And we have gone off on those parallels and all that good stuff. Okay. But it seems possible. It seems possible to me in my research that Satan is controlling things on earth right now, minus the Holy Spirit, you know, obviously being able to do what it does and people coming to Christ and all the things that God's doing here through them. As far as the air, I, I look at it like the evil ones have control of this earth right now and they have all of their craft patrolling and blockading. And in my opinion, it would seem that the, the good angels who are up in heaven for right now, for this time, have to physically war and break through enemy lines to even get here to do the things they do, whether it's in the Bible we see with Lot at Sodom and Gomorrah, with angels walking amongst us, or what happens, you know, with an angel speaking to Mary, or at this point to Daniel, we see a very practical situation. This is crazy that this is spelled out to us. And I'll just touch the UFO side of it right now. This fact that Gabriel comes and says, I had to war for three weeks to even get through to tell you this message. 
And now that I did, I've, you know, Michael came and helped me out. He's battling them so that I can even be here. And then I've got to try to, uh, go back and make war with another prince that's going to come out, Greece, that I have to bust back through. And we never picture it that way. We picture just angels coming and going. But I believe that Satan is controlling what's going on here because God's letting him for a time. And that God, God's messengers can get through, but they use these vehicles of conveyance to do so. And they war a lot like you would see Star Wars or Star Trek. And I know this sounds crazy, and it's even way beyond that. But that's what seems to be happening. And so it's pretty amazing when they can break through to get here. So. (laughs) Oh, boy. The Greys are likely and responsible for the majority of the legitimate UFO sightings, but they're not the only race we've talked about in possession of flying saucer technology. Extraterrestrial aerospace vehicles, and these are real guys, these are real vehicles that somehow don't break the sonic barrier, that somehow can go through the veil one way or another, but they are used as extraterrestrial technology, and they're the vehicles they use to get around. But listen, it's not just the bad guys that have to use these vehicles. Apparently, it's the good guys too. And they've been cruising the cosmos long before the creation of Adam, in these vehicles. You hear it all the time said that UFOs are a product of so-called fallen angel technology. And Timothy says it is often asserted that fallen angels are forced to utilize a technology means of conveyance because their wings have been clipped. Aside from the common misconception regarding angels and wings, the presumption that only the bad guys travel in advanced aerospace vehicles is a logical fallacy. Both fallen and non-fallen angels come from the same civilizations and are members of the same race. They share the same general appearance, the same heritage, the same language, the same technology. Hardware, Timothy says, has no, I'm sorry if you hear my email bing comes through, but I have to because of, I'm emailing our CFO something back and forth for work while I'm, while I'm doing this at the airport. So, uh, I've, I'm also using to read from my iPad and it's just coming through and it's just what you're going to have to deal with right now. So, <laughs> right, Kyle? They have the same technology, the same knowledge, the same hardware. Timothy says hardware has no allegiance. And I love, you have to go back and think technologically, you have to think um, simpler than you have. God has a race of angels that do their thing just like we do our thing while they are advanced, while they can come and go and like we can, while they have certain powers. What does Paul say? Eventually, you know, we are going to usurp them. 
in our resurrected bodies, the same way Jesus was. But they have, uh, they have this technology. And Timothy does a great job of pointing out the technology cannot be fallen. You know, like, oh, that's fallen technology. Flying saucer is no more good or evil than your Ford truck. There's no reason, and yeah, Ford is superior. There's no reason, biblical or otherwise, to doubt that the good guys are not also on occasion traversing the skies in UFOs. Now, I'm going to read from Birthright here. Though not encountered nearly as uh, frequently as the Greys, tales of regal, human-like race of extraterrestrials have surfaced around the globe, including in the Andes Mountains, among the indigenous Aymara or the Quechian peoples, with the author with whom the author has personally spoken. This is from Timothy. These beings, often referred to as Nordics or Pleiadans, are typically described as tall, handsome young men with blonde or golden blonde hair, dazzling blue eyes and a fair complexion. They are not giants, as some maintain, but have an approximate stature of six and a half to seven feet. In all likelihood, these are members of the elder race, the morning stars. He goes on. The biblical narrative seems to insinuate a description of the angels that is con consistent with that of the Nordics. On the eve of Sodom's destruction, this is great, Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city when he saw two men approaching. He immediately recognized these men as angels, right? So we see that. Uh, and this is where everybody always goes and says, good homosexuality. Well, we got a lot more homosexuality now. <laughs> One thing it had to do with that, again, I say that all the time. How does he know these guys are angels? Unless, unless their appearance was distinct. And no, they weren't like whoop, wings spread out and all that. So Timothy points out here, and I think this is great. Sodom was in Judea. The men of Judea were ethnically Semitic, meaning they tended to look like the people of the Middle East today, relatively short compared to Europeans with tanned skin, dark eyes, black or brown hair. The two tall blondes, with the blue eyes and the luminous white skin would stick out like a sore thumb in Sodom. The unique and striking appearance of these men is, is exhibited in the reaction of the Sodomites, who, being raving homosexuals, gathered together at Lot's door demanding that he bring out his guests so they could know them. Knowing someone biblically is not like you know me. Lucky for you. Because knowing someone biblically is like knowing and having sex. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to have sex with these angels. They wanted to bring him to bring them out so they could do it with them or so that they could even have them do it with their wives. Why would they do that? Huh? There are no Semitic or men from Judah those days that would have attracted this kind of attention in a bustling city. And I believe he's right because what happens is the whole city goes mad. It goes nuts about these two guys, right? It's very odd when you look into it. It's a very strange story. And I believe 100%. I don't remember where Timothy's going to go on here with his book, but I'm just going to break out and say I believe 100%. These men knew that they were angels. And they were, and all they are ever desperately trying to do is get back to what happened before the flood and get back to, again, what was happening at the Tower of Babel. And that is a porthole to invite the fallen ones back for that supremacy, to once again mate, to give us that technology, to once again 
produce those giants so that we can build those cities and those pyramids to the gods around the world. And the megalithic structures once again to worship the fallen. I believe that, especially Satan, I don't know about all angels, but I, I believe the more powerful ones, maybe all the cherubs, um, I believe they can change form and shape, but this idea that all the, let's say, fallen angels are grotesque beings, I don't think that's the case. Now, obviously, Satan is called the dragon with seven heads, and I believe that's a literal thing. Like, I believe he can look like many, many different things. But for the most part, if you were to see them, I think they're made, I mean, they're still made in the image of God in their true form, and they're sons of the most high order. So, I mean, we should expect the dragon princes and their half-bred progeny, sorry, to look like Nordics, Tim says. We should also expect to find them, like the Nordics, in command of high technology consistent with the advanced ancient civilization by which they hail. I'll continue on. According to the Eisenhower legend, after communication was established with the Greys, another human-like extraterrestrial faction, the Nordics, made contact with the U.S. government. This group, writes Cooper, warned us against a race orbiting the equator, who is presumed to be the Greys, and offered to help us with our spiritual development. This is great. They demanded that we dismantle and destroy our nuclear weapons. What? As the major condition, they refused to exchange technology, citing that we were spiritually unable to handle the technology we already possessed. These overtures were rejected on the grounds that it would be foolish to disarm in the face of such uncertain future. That sounds like us. There was no track record to read from. It may have been an unfortunate decision. Guys, whether or not the Nordics made, um, tried to make such a deal in the past, I think that a similar scenario is going to happen in the future. If you look at the gray alien breeding program that does exist, it, re it represents a massive problem for us. The, the worst we've ever faced because we're talking about genetic manipulation. Manipula Why do I do that every time? Manipulation. Manipulatization. I read here, in the late 1990s, Dr. Jacobs began to hear a mantra repeated over and over by many abductees from different walks of life who had never met each other, right? This gets into that ayahuasca thing. They spoke of a change that would soon transpire on Earth. This change, they've been told, writes Jacob, would consist of human-like hybrids intermingling with humans in everyday life, presumably, I would say to you, going unseen, undetected, unknown as anything other than human, this should make the hair on the back of your freaking necks stand up if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time. There were abductees that report that aliens had told them soon Everyone's going to be together. They were engaging, friends, in a carefully conceived program that was directed toward integrating hybrids into human society. And I believe that is exactly what's happening 
on these UFOs, on these craft in uh, genetic labs across the world, because you do know that there is a there is a deity, a lowercase fallen angel God over every nation. And there has been since biblical times. We've covered this. It's in the Bible. And there is one absolutely over America right now. Not a good one. It's there. So, here we stand with all these gods over us, each with their own laboratories, each with their own far superior technology starting to go into quantum physics right now, both at CERN and DARPA with D-Wave and all of it. We're starting to, the, the idea is twofold, guys. The, Technology is great, by the way. I love this, that I'm talking to a microphone on a laptop in, in an airport with an iPad. Like, it's all good. It's not the end of the world, right? Vaccinations are not the end of the world. Uh, the, yeah, I don't want to get into that. But my point is, is that technology is fine, but, but you can always spot the agenda of the fallen one being twofold. The first is genetic manipula- manipulation trying to get God's beloved creation, man and women, to be something other than human because that then negates what Jesus did on the cross. That's their only play right now. And with that resurrection three days later, three, again, that's that's the issue. Get us to become something other than human. And then from there, Get us to see God and his son, Jesus, his Holy Spirit, and his good aliens, elder race, as the bad guys. And that is exactly what is happening today. We live in a world where churches are being blamed for every bit of, um, it's not even a Republican agenda. It would just be a conservative, maybe, uh, Possible, and all, all politicians are corrupt. Give me, a, give me a break. I'm not, I'm not trying to look at sides here, but the fact that um, Christians are the ones that are obsolete, Christians are the ones that are not allowing us in this day and age. And you know, Christianity's dead in Europe, by the way. It's dead in almost every continent, uh, minus some resurgence in the Middle East. Thank you, Lord, for going to be reclaiming that whole Muslim thing it came from Ishmael. Uh, and I don't want to get into that right now, but that, but the fact that even in America, it's dying. Churches are dying. The truths that be known in the Bible that really do matter, things like I talk about on this podcast, you don't hear in 99.9.9 churches in the world. Are churches bad? No. Are some people coming to Christ? Yes. That's all awesome. But when you don't know the things that I'm talking about here, some will turn and some will straight up denounce. Because they'll be so fooled by what's coming that the Bible's been shouting about for so very long. And if you could be made into something better than human, integrated with technology, fusing through you, you can stand a chance to live forever 
and also be one. To fight the war of the bad guys that are coming. The bad guys that are coming, his name is Yahweh and his son Yeshua and his Holy Spirit and the armies of their angels and all that have gone up before them that believe the evilness that he's here to save the world. It's very interesting, the alien abduction phenomenon. You're even seeing that there are new people who are given new duties. Like it's, it's, it's changing. It's not the same thing that it was 150 years ago when it showed up. It's changing. Uh, for the last decade, abductees have been telling this author that although the common abduction procedures still take place, you know, implementing the change, they say, has now become almost a full-time occupation for most of them. Even abductees, this author says, uh, I have known for many years have reported there is a vast difference happening with these abductions as of late, suggesting that the change is now either in effect or has expanded greatly over those years. I'll go on. I quote, It is clear now that the integration into human society is the alien's primary goal. So important, you guys. All aliens are part of a dedicated program to integrate hubrids into humanity. They perform their duties to fulfill the program's purpose and are all interconnected neurologically. All give allegiance to the insectolins. They do not talk about healing on earth or healing or enlightening humans or joining together with humans in a cosmic community or anything else that might help. Listen, humans, do you see the change? This is not, please don't uh, make that nuclear weapon because we don't want you to kill more humans. This is becoming about humans are bad. You want to be on the good side or the bad side? What does God say? He says humans are the best. Hmm. They talk about sending aliens to earth to live here undetected and eventually to, listen, supplant humans. That is the goal. So many great quotes and, and thoughts from Star Trek, not just with technology, but even with the way the alien species thought. And boy, I think there was something there. And of course, I'm not saying that the 1960s Star Trek was infused by Satan, but I am saying I think there were some leadings there. And with H.P. Lovecraft of, um, earlier, uh, and with the you Aldous know, Huxley and, you know, so many of these Timothy Lear, just so many of these very, very influential people in that whole changeover to logic that we look at. I mean, as inspired as somebody a long ago like Spurgeon was or C.S. Lewis or, you know, however you want to look at it, the bad guys have the same thing. So it says here, Dr. Jacobs believes that the insectlins are executing a covert operation of planetary acquisition. The hybrids are quietly moving in without our noticing and will use their powerful telepathic capabilities to control us. If they are not stopped, they will eventually supplant the human species on planet Earth. And this may be their only viable course of action 
according to the rules of the game. Timothy goes on, it is clear that the insectolins are not implanting to rest, W-R-E-S-T, the earth away from humanity by force. But to become human enough to steal the birthright of Adam and inherit the earth by stealth. Yeah. If their plan were to subdue us by force, like all the movies want to make it look, they could easily obliterate an entire continent with an antimatter bomb or some other weapon of mass destruction and bring humanity to its knees. If they wanted the Earth intact, they could release a deadly virus or chemical agent in the atmosphere to exterminate us like cockroaches. I believe 100% that's true. Indeed, if the authority of mankind were not enforced by the armies of the kingdom, we would all have been enslaved or perished at the hands of extraterrestrial invaders, Long ago. Of course, the Holy Spirit, who I believe that is the restrainer, is here with superiority, but allowing Satan to have control in his minions. So Timothy goes and puts three. If, okay, so just in light of what we just talked about, he puts three possibilities out there. Alternative A, he says, are that the Greys are controlled by the dragon princes. The breeding program is directly orchestrated by agents of the insurgency, and the insectolins are under their command. So there you have the greys who are working for the insectolins, who are controlled by the, the dragon princes itself, and ultimately by Satan. Alternative, no, uh, alternative B, he says, that the greys are allied with the dragon princes, the breeding program is managed by the insectolins as part of a larger strategy, strategy, hello, mutually beneficial to both parties. The Greys may be one of several alien factions who have joined the insurgency in preparation for a coming war. That would be the biblical end times. Now his last is alternative C. The Greys are autonomous. The breeding program has been initiated solely by the insectolins for their own objectives. The dragon princes will take advantage of that alien threat to deceive humanity. So he says alternatives A and B represent a scenario in which the human species is eventually supplanted by alien hybrids, either in mass or selectively. He says, uh, let's see, the dragon princes may be orchestrating the usurpation, usurpation of the human authority by installing hybrids into the highest echelons of government, right? Into every nation on earth. The powerful telepathic capabilities of these Manchurian candidates will enable them to rise through the political ranks with ease. Once they are in position, they will coordinate the formation of the final world empire in anticipation of the beast. When Apollo is revealed, all authority will be consolidated into his hands. That's the A and B analogy there. Now, alternative C facilitates a scenario in which a heroic pro uh, progeny of the lowercase gods, otherwise known as the golden race, you remember those guys, will appear to deliver mankind from the alien threat. This contingency coincides with Cooper's account of the first contact with the Nordics who warned us about the greys in advance. The insectolins intend to supplant human species, 
to subdue the earth by stealth. There is no way we can stop them. Their technology is unassailable and their hybrids are undetectable. Human faces imminent extinction or at the very least substigation to insectolin overlords. If this sounds insane to you, I'm glad. Your eyes maybe, maybe it finally took the red pill. And you realize that the Bible is full of the supernatural. Soon we're going to enter Apollo. We're going to enter Saturn. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to uh, the series right there on tracking the gods. Derek Gilbertson did such a great job on that. And I think when... When all this starts happening and all this comes together, guys, the breeding programs, uh, the, the supernatural starts revealing itself as we can change into something different that there's just, it's going to be futile to resist. And do I think that all of a sudden we're going to be sitting here, wherever you're listening right now, and I'm sitting here, you know, in the airport and it's enclosed box and all these things are great, right? Wait for my flight out, take some time here. I sit there and go, you know, is all of a sudden, all these people are just lawyers, they're doctors, you know, working at a factory. All of a sudden they just go, Oh yeah, I want to become an alien. That's not it. Satan is such a master, friends, of smoke and mirrors. It is going to be a literal idea that this technology has come out that can truly take us beyond our human form. It can take off that governor. It can make us, it will be presented as being able to make you better. You know, if you're an engineer, you're not just confined anymore to what you learned in college 15 years ago. And then there are like 15 different components of engineering. There are all kinds, electrical engineers, you know, structural engineers, well, there's just tons nuclear physics, all that stuff. Why specialize in one thing? We're going to be able to help you have the touch of all of that. You know, not just by a, maybe they'll say it's a chip that you can put in you. Now you have access to the internet just like that. But that it's going to, it's going to change you into something other than human, human. And we're going to get into that in just a moment. So I don't want to, I don't want to go too far on it, but I think when this confrontation begins, Resistance is going to be futile. The policy of non-disclosure, which until recently was aggressively maintained by the Pentagon, amounts to a silent admission that the greys cannot be deterred. They're here. We have to deal with them. Timothy says, what makes the people aware of a problem for which there is no solution? Even the combined forces of the United States, the European Union, Russia, and China are powerless to advert an adversary who freely traffics in restricted airspace above our most secret military installations and routinely disarms our nuclear missiles in their silos. That is true. Our only hope to defeat such an elusive enemy is to acquire an ally with the same or greater capabilities. Though indomitable by the human race, the greys, he says, will quickly succumb to the technological superiority of the elder race. In a display of invincible might, 
Apollo will vanquish the insectolin invaders and win the affection of the nations. The people will marvel that the lowercase gods of old have returned to reign over a world at peace. This timely arrival of Apollo will be interpreted by the Vatican as the long-foretold return of Christ himself. The Jews will embrace our golden-haired Savior as the Messiah, the Muslims as the Mahdi, the Hindus as the Baha'u'llah, and the Buddhists as the Maitreya. After delivering us from certain destruction at the hands of the greys, Apollo and his consorts, like the watchers before them, will teach us the secrets we were striving to learn and provide us with the final component of our post-human transformation. (laughs) Now, this is where things start getting good, and this is where things start getting more tangible for you and I. Um, Post-humanism, if we look at uh, transhumanism, you know what that is? That is not talking about men that want to become women and women that want to become men. That is talking about us becoming something other than human. Now, yes, it does get into AI, but you can't be fooled by that right now. You know, we all look at these AI robots that look pretty darn human that people are making all around the world. And, uh, you know, they can make decisions. They're learning. They are learning. We're, we're, we're turning a corner like, Elon Musk says that we may never be able to uh, turn back right now. So here we are. Timothy says real quick here, over the last several decades, the development of emerging technologies has been advancing at breakneck speed along the upsurge, uh, along the upsurge of an ex- exponential growth curve as projected by Kurzweil's law of accelerating returns. Among these technologies, he says, there are four whose imminent convergence is predicted to catalyze what ana- al- really, Kyle? analysts are calling the, quote, post-human revolution, unquote. I'll say that again, post-human revolution. Like, after humans. <laughs> like, humans suck, return them. We got better stuff coming. The intercourse of genetics, robotics, artificial intelligence, and nanotechnology, which is crazy right now, will facilitate enhancements to the full spectrum of human biology, body, mind, and soul will give birth to a post-human being. Timothy Albarino calls that Humanity 2.0. Technology is not bad. Prosthetics are not bad. Uh, you know, nanotechnology, all these things we are, we are introducing, guys, these, oh man, microscopic organisms yeah, into the bloodstream. Try to see if we can unclog arteries and all these. It's so cool. Let me ask you, at what point does it take technology to determine if we're human or not? Like, like, how do you turn from that? Now, you're not fooled into it. Guys, don't freak out if, if you have a surgery coming up and they want to try this new technology. That is not turning you into an unredeemable something from the pits of hell. But I will tell you, there comes a point where you can either 
fully commit to taking it or fully commit to, you know, basically you're picking one alien species over the other. I know it sounds crazy. So there are some numbers here I want to go over and some actually things that are happening. This is, this is pretty good to talk about. I'm going to read from Birthright. Most readers uh, may be surprised to learn that in preparation of this post-human revolution, the United States government, through the National Institute of Health, recently granted Case Law School in Cleveland almost a million dollars of taxpayers' money to begin developing the actual guidelines that will be used for setting government policy regarding the next step in human evolution, which is called the, quote, genetic enhancement, unquote. Um, I believe it's very specific. People ask me about the Georgia Guidestones being blown up, and then, you know, mysteriously, they could have just, like, yellow taped that off and then fixed it and rebuilt it. Uh, but instead, they decided to just in one false sweep, well, this is unsafe, and we're just going to bulldoze the whole thing. Forever gone. Obviously, already's got pictures, and many books have been written on that. So many, it's so funny though, how many people would emailing me about that or inboxing me, Kyle, have you heard of the Georgia Guidestones? I saw this on the news. I'm like, holy cow, guys, it's been around since the seventies. Yes. I very much know the Georgia Guidestones and they're very, the numbers on them are, you know, the ideas are good for what the, these families of elites want to do, Illuminati, the end times. Uh, but the, the practicality of getting the earth down to those numbers is just physically impossible right now, even though eugenics is big and all that. So, you know, I think it's I think it's taken down because a new book's about to be written. Maxwell Melhan, Arthur E. Persilage, Professor of Law, Director of the Law of Medicine Center at the Case Western Reserve University School of Law and Professor of Bio Bioethics in the Case School of Medicine. Sorry, there's a weird noise happening here. And I wonder what that was. Led the team of law professors, physicians, and bioethicists over a two-year project to develop standards for tests on human subjects in research that involves the use of genetic technologies to enhance normal individuals. Okay. <laughs> All right. Following this initial study, Melham began traveling the United States and offering two university lectures. One was called Directed Evolution, Public Policy and Human Enhancement. And the other was called Transhumanism and the Future of Democracy. And these were addressing the need for society to comprehend how emerging fields of science will, in approaching years, alter, here we go, what it means to be human and what this means to democracy and individual rights and free will and eugenics and equality. At the Brookings Institute, the number one think tank in the world and its number one policy think tank in the United States, there's a new series entitled The Future of the Constitution. And what it's happening here is it's examining how the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights are going to have to be amended, friends, to ensure the rights and the privileges for new forms of humans, what? Including genetically engineered homosexual entities. Law schools, including Stanford and Oxford, are hosting annual human enhancement and technology conferences to consider the ramifications as well. 
where transhumanists, futurists, bioethicists, and legal scholars are busying themselves with the ethical, legal, and inevitable ramifications of post-humanity. So we're seeing it happen with transgender now. Like we can't figure out who can play in sports and who can't. And everybody's, if you're, if you're heavy into, you know, everything should be allowed to go everywhere. Then you put your foot in your mouth because you're like, well, crap, this, this guy that's, he's a guy. He's not a woman. He's not allowed to win all these women's sports. Like, this is, well, you want that? Because you got to take it all. And it's leading to something. I believe, guys, I'm not even going with the homosexuality side. I believe trans, the, the transgender movement is one of the greatest accomplishments of the enemy to procure, I think, this is just my, my thoughts of what is needed to happen in this end times to get us. I always kind of struggled with just in my brain about the whole uh, becoming something other than human. Like it just sounds so sci-fi. And again, most people are just going out and working. They got their great jobs or whatever. They come home, they cook dinner with their family. Maybe they want to go out and have a few beers on the weekend. Like, right. This whole agenda and all this kind of, this is crazy. So I think the biggest step is truly getting the world to believe that men don't have to be men and women don't have to be women. Because once we get to that point and we can accept that maybe over the next few years, and again, I want transgender people to have all the rights in the world. Same with homosexuals, same with, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like I'm not against any of that. I want you guys to have as many rights as you want. Just don't get in the way of my rights. You know, like, uh, you, you can't have where you, where you guys get everything you want. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, if you're a Christian or if you're in a church, then you, you are close, like it's free rights to everybody. Let's go. Okay. I don't want to get, I don't want to get bogged down in that marsh. It's like a great friends that are homosexuals and, yeah, like back when I started the Jackson Church, we had some transgender stuff going on there. I loved them to death and I love them. So we get to the point where humans, you know, men aren't men aren't men anymore, women aren't women. Well, humans aren't humans anymore. In August of 2017, there was a team of geneticists that announced that they had successfully edited out a hereditable heart condition in a human embryo. Now, it's important to note that this breakthrough took place in the U.S., right? Well, who cares, Kyle? Well, you should because regulations on human embryo experimentation are far more prohibitive compared to other nations. One can only imagine what kind of breakthroughs have been achieved in countries with little to no regulation where inspiring Dr. Moreau's can experiment to their heart's content, led by any amount of lowercase gods that want to get this thing moving. Timothy says, in the wake of this critical achievement, geneticists are now projecting 
that more than 10,000 known inherited mutations can be eliminated from the human gene pool. Although current federal laws prohibit the gene editing platform used in the experiment, which is called CRISPR or Cas9, you guys probably heard of that, from being tested on living human subjects, the overwhelming benefit of the technology for humanity will eventually tip the scales in Congress and lift the guardrail for clinical trials. I mean, guys, we are sitting here and we are looking at another war. And I mean it, right? Overging on that. I mean, you see it all over the world. October 2017, Vladimir Putin issued a warning that genetic engineering will soon lead to the creation of super soldiers who will fight without fear, fight without compassion, fight without regret, and fight without pain. He further suggested that this dangerous scenario might be worse than a nuclear bomb. In light of the Pentagon's admitted interest in mammalian genome engineering, it is safe to assume that Mr. Putin was not engaging in hyperbole but altering the world, alerting, I'm sorry, the world to a new arms race that has been long fomenting in the shadowy recesses of classified human projects. You imagine the smoke and mirrors that, oh, we're just trying to advance technology. We just want to be able to fly somewhere faster. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's great and all. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a side Right? Maybe that's a side, uh, benefit to all of this, but, but why, you know, why, why focus so much? I've always said, why focus so much on space? Like, why are we, why are we so desperate to get up to the planets and everything when we should be going in the oceans? But I think we know that a lot of that is, uh, Okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into that this moment. If the United States and Russia, Timothy says, are running neck and neck in the genetic arms race, then China, who routinely disregards the rules, right? Holy crap, the things that China's probably doing is many paces ahead. In 2015, Chinese scientists took a bold step forward in genetic engineering and became the first to publicly edit the genes out of a human embryo. <sighs> Their actions provoked outrage from the global scientific community and urgent pleas not to make genetically modified baby. Oh, oh no. They did it. 2018, a team of geneticists working at the Southern University of Science and Technology in Shenzhen, China, created the first genetically modified babies. They edited a gene called CCR5, in an attempt to make the babies resistant to HIV, resistant to smallpox, and resistant to cholera. The success of their experiment has yet to be determined. Oh, boy. But it is likely that the modifications will now become uh, inheritable by successive generations. These breaches in the ethical boundaries of scientific research were committed by the Chinese in broad daylight who knows what scientists working in secret laboratories of the People's Liberation Army have done in the dark. <laughs> yeah, not only are we modifying the genes of human embryos, scientists all over the world have been creating genetic chimeras by blending DNA of various species. I mean, the 2011 we had this hybrid embryo start. I mean, this has been in the news for so long, guys. We have no idea. 2008 passed this 
Human Fertilization Embryology Act, which legalized the creation of a variety of hybrids. Go ahead and mess around with it. When's the last time you heard that happen, gang? Yeah. In 2019, the Spanish newspaper El Pelas published a story about a team of researchers who successfully bred monkeys with human brain cells. <laughs> According to the article, the controversial project led by Professor Juan Carlos Espilutia Belmonte from the Salk Institute of the United States was conducted in China to avoid legal issues. Yeah, boy, it's just a, uh, oh gosh, why do things at a lab here? Why not do them over there? You know, we had as much to do with what happened in Wuhan as anybody else. We, we do, we fund that stuff. Yeah, good Lord. In the same year, <laughs> Chinese scientists announced they had engineered monkey pig hybrids and intended to grow human organs inside the creatures for transplantation, which immediately prompted the government of Japan to approve its first human-animal hybrid experience. Not to be outdone, the United Kingdom and China, not to be outdone by them, researchers in the United States have recently created a mouse that is 4% human. Story, and these are only stories we know about, guys. Stories like these are now so numerous, they have ceased to elicit alarm at the public. Cross-species genetic engineering is now a mundane part of our everyday life. I'm going to stop this episode in this area because I, the next, the next episode uh, in this, we are going to talk about the, um, not the genetic explosion as much as the, um, information age explosion, the internet, the hard technologies. Well, how you have to do this in steps. Do you see first you, you get people to believe that God is the evil one. And that's been a great, great work over the last 200 years. Then you have to get the portholes to be able to be opened which happened in the 1850s through the 1920s. And then you have to start getting them the technology that they are going to need all while you're experimenting on how to, how the biology of the humans work because the fallen angels, they're angels. They're not humans. They don't know. They, they don't have God's mind. They don't know exactly. And I believe God put a lot, a lot of hidden things within us that we are not using to capacity one bit. Just what makes that DNA so incredibly cryptic and special for us that the fallen ones can manipulate, but we, we have to believe that we want to be manipulated in the end, right? We have to believe that we're not special as humans, that actually there's superior races out there in the universe that if we could be them, now we're getting somewhere. Instead of when God says, I'm going to get you somewhere and I'm going to create the coolest thing I ever could have done and I created Adam and Eve because they're after my own image. I'm going to rule this place. But now human's not good enough anymore. Give me something where I won't be sick. Give me something where I can't catch a cold. Give me something where... I can have the internet available, 
the Internet of Things to download any minute. I can know everything. It goes a lot deeper than that, but we can't believe that humans are superior. We can't believe that men are men and women are women. We can't believe the truths of the Bible because they're too antiquated. They're too bigoted. They're too small-minded. Humans aren't special. The alien breed is special. I want to become them. In the next episode, we're going to talk about what steps are being taken on the hardware side of things that are actually making that prediction of Daniel coming to and fro faster. Technology is at a blazing speed. Technology isn't bad, guys, but it's going to be used for very bad things. Thanks for listening.